Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 79. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. Five Pin Universe bringing you another podcast. We got the Wiseman Twins and uh, everybody's favorite interviewer, DB, with a new Christmas sweater. Yeah, boys. We got a few more in the closet. We can, we can keep going here. We're good. That, look, that shirt looks like it came out of the who, same era as your soul patch. Yeah, who's that, who's that NBA announcer that passed away? Craig Sager. That's that's who you are, buddy. That's sure. who you are. <laughs> Actually, to Dex, you said that this is a like it looks the same age. It's brand new. Like this is a new one that, that my wife bought me for the the holiday that's, season. That's oh. awesome. It's coming back. Yeah. Is the soul patch coming back too? Soul patch is coming back. Yeah. Nice. The, the flow is coming back. Yeah. A little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of everything. I like awesome. it. I like it. When are you gonna get your ear pierced? Yeah, I no, I had a piercing many years ago, and maybe you guys might know where it was. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you're right. Yeah. A little bit different from my. I had two piercings. I had one for one day, and I had one for about ten years. So, <laughs> right. well, yeah. moving on, moving on. Yeah, next, yeah, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're just gonna flash a couple of graphics up here for our patrons. Uh, once again, you can sign up for our Patreon at uh, Patreon.com/slash5pinuniverse for as little as two dollars a month and help support us invest in new equipment and produce five pin bowling media for the future. And then right after that, we're gonna do our month or our weekly podcast sponsor, All Star Bowling Sales from by Shelby Crest. Um, they're, uh, we are lucky enough that they are sponsoring us on weekly podcasts to help support this and uh, keep it growing. All right, so we're gonna bring in our special guest of the week here. Um, if people don't know, he's a free fall lover for sure. Uh, a past Pepsi Cola champion for our uh, audience that doesn't know, that was a YBC event way back in the day. I think it was high school event, was it not? That, we may have we, we may have to get we'll Sean to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, more. All right, we'll bring him in here. Hey guys, Eb. Hey buddy. Hey Sean. Pepsi Cola was actually the youth challenge. It was a youth challenge. Yeah. Wasn't it also Coca Cola before that, or did they? Was I think it was the Pepsi Cola, and I went Coca Cola for maybe one year. I. <laughs> um, did you ever happen to play in the high school championships? I know um, no. that was a thing no. back in the day. No. no. Yeah, that was before his time. That, well, that was before my, well, you know what? It was probably going on when I first started, but I was definitely not in high school then. Right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Sean. Coming all the way from uh, Nanaimo, BC, out in the West Coast. So I know it's six o'clock, and you're probably hoping to have your dinner served to you any minute now. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? The redhead's coming in here now. Yeah, they, uh, the the family's been told to stay away, right? But yeah, um, I think they've been pre-warned that uh, a game coming up at eight o'clock, seven o'clock uh, your time, playing. What's my score? Um, looking forward to that. I know you've uh, got somebody that's watching you on the big screen right now that's going to be ready to play a little bit later. So your shake and bake partner is going to be playing. So um, gonna going to have a good game later on. But looking forward to having a good chat with Sean Eby. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about where did you get into bowling? I mean, we want to go way back a little bit um, and uh, and chat quickly there. Sure. Actually, sorry, guys, let's chat a bit about uh, – I'm going to cut you off there, Eby. 
the first thing on the agenda was <laughs> right. Tim and Dexter are like, wait, what about my scores on eight gamer? Let's do a quick update on the eight gamer. So Terry, yeah. you want to explain a little bit about the change we made on Sunday? Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we did another live stream on Monday evening, um, kind of going over the, the current results, the amount of entries in the five pin eight gamer. And we've made a small change due to the amount of entries. We just didn't feel it was uh, quite proper only to cut it off at the top 16 players. So we have expanded the field or the playoff field to the top 24, adding eight extra spots and uh, giving those um, provinces that are just opening up if they get some games in and Ontario, BC, I think they're full wide open still to play to get those extra qualifying scores in and uh, pump those numbers up. Good, good, good stuff. I see we've got a bunch um, of guys playing on the weekend or 17th uh, going to Dawson Creek to play. Yeah. With uh, guys from Grand Prairie and No Dexter, you know a lot of those guys are going to go play there. Yeah, a lot of the and good shooters, man. I mean, uh, Robert Tompkins is a hell of a shooter. Scott uh, Carter Stretch has been bowling really good this year too. Um, Gerald DeHack, but he supports, so it's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, the other mullet guy, Dustin, he's going out too. Like, there's there's some good shooters out there, so. Uh, it's nice to get to see them have an opportunity. Nice to see uh, Poco in there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Awesome. yeah. Nice. So what do yeah. we got for registrations now? We're up to 133. 133. So we had talked there on Sunday that we'd like to fit 150, 160. So there's likely chance of even more. So it's good to see people getting their entries in um, of playing there. And Sasha Latondra there, 2270. Nice finish for her. Um, Absolutely. That's a boy. Yeah. Nice, nice finish for him. For him. Worry, I didn't know that. I should probably look for you on that. Daryl's on his A game tonight. Dude, I'm out. <laughs> hey guys, you got the show. You're good. <laughs> I, I, I believe I believe Sasha's uh, Darcy Latondra's son. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Did you guys even know that Dex and Tim? So you just oh, I, I knew that. I just want to see you do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no. Yeah. Um, Connor, are you going to play a shift out there? Is Brecken and Nimo are they are they open on the island, guys? Uh, and the girls going to get a game in? We are. It will be next week. Or yeah. no, hang on, not next week. The following week. I have to practice first. Is there? <laughs> the, what are the COVID restrictions on the island for the lanes and, and even any of those restrictions? Well, it's interesting. In, in Nanaimo, Ray, uh, we ran league starting in September and, and um, basically the single team to a set of lanes. We were allowed to alternate. Um, down to Duncan, however, the, you know, the, the WorkSafe um, officer, I think, came in there and basically they restricted them to a single lane. So they had, they had five players playing on one lane. And, and then empty lane, active lane, empty lane. Um, but Ray was, you know, Ray had worked safe in and, and went through the same uh, program and set up. And, and they felt that as long as you didn't have more than six on a set, you were fine. So what Ray did is he made an AM and a PM, or not an AM, PM, but a two shift, seven o'clock and nine o'clock start time. And uh, basically sanitized the lanes between those shifts and and everybody was was cool with that nice 
Yeah, no different than we had out here. So yeah, it's it worked out fine. I and we had no complaints out here with that kind of way it was working. So yeah, having and, a and no shift. cases <laughs> and no yeah. and no cases. We had oh, we had okay. no transmission as far as we are aware of in in a bowling alley in Alberta, really. I mean the island the island out of BC. I mean we were almost quarantined ourselves. Um, we've had very very few. Uh, cases on a daily basis even now i mean we're anywhere from as low as maybe seven or eight to as high as 20 on a, on a given day for the island right um the lower mainland has definitely been a little bit more of a challenge for and that's the whole island now how far again is nanaimo away from say victoria it's 110 kilometers right so you're yeah. an hour up the coast you're, you're a good hour yeah, so even less cases in Nanaimo itself then? And are you like four I island? Almost, we sort of south, central, and northern island, um, which is broken out, is, is actually pretty consistent. Right. Now, remind us, Sean, what do you do for work? And uh, or what sort of restrictions are you having there at work? Are you masking and all that? Well, oh, yeah. I, I work at a, uh, a veneer mill. I've been working there for 24 years now. Um, work myself up from cleanup all the way up to production, or pardon me, mill manager now, through production to mill, mill manager. Um, so I, I'm basically, I, I answer to no one there um, at the plant. And uh, unfortunately, we, you know, we've got some people on one, one side of the spectrum who think mask wearing is, is a terrible thing. And then you got the other guys who say we're not doing enough. Um, you know, in, in the 24 years I've been uh, at our facility, which is 24-7 operation, um, we have only experienced uh, downtime as a result of COVID. Um, all other downtime that we've taken is uh, um, maintenance related. So if it's not a maintenance scheduled shut, we're running. Um, we do take time between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and you know, for the forest industry here in BC and on the West Coast, we—I'm proud to say—we're we're, a, we're a, an anomaly to the whole uh, industry. Um, the company is is privately owned. Um, you know, Bob Shields, uh, uh, his father purchased the company very early on, and, and Bob was taken over. And and uh, you know, all all 280 employees that are that are working for Coastland are are pretty happy people. Right. So you're, you're producing lumber, uh, you know, veneer. Oh. so veneer, you know, if for a simple part, if you look at uh, plywood, each yeah. layer that's in the, in there is, is a layer of veneer. So we, we peel Douglas fir. Um, Douglas fir is a very strong wood. So it's used in plywood. It's also used in, in engineered wood products. So your, your, um, glue lamb beams and, and LDL and, Paralam and um, all sorts of specialty plywoods. Um, so we, we make the, the veneer, we dry the veneer, and then we sell it to customers uh, throughout the Pacific Northwest. So, so you're not the reason that lumber tripled last year then? No, we're very happy because of that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's, 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 it's a combination of things. COVID, um, you know, COVID has pummeled uh, South America. So there's not panels getting into the States. Um, and then all the, the fires uh, on the, you know, Washington State, Oregon State, California. Um, and then COVID in the States as well, pushed, making everybody stay at home. 
So instead of spending their dollars on holidays, they're spending their dollars on their homes. Yeah. So, so as a result, there's been a huge demand and that's where things have gone. Hence my garage has not started. Yeah, yeah there's plenty of <laughs> and, we're, and I'm just building a house. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, we'll wrap up there. So the eight gamer, um, we were talking about that. So anybody across the country that can still bowl, get your games in. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of places to still play. Obviously, stay safe, stay healthy, get your registrations in, make sure your center is registered if you want to go play there. Um yep. I want to quickly chat though, Saskatchewan, there was a little bit of confusion with us guys today and anybody out there in the comments can share with us, what rule is Saskatchewan under? Um, some of us had thought that it was completely shut down, but mm -hmm. from what also research tells us that they're available for drop-in play. So anybody that can help with that, do you guys know any more about those three? I, uh, the only reason it came up is we actually seen some advertising from Golden Mile Bowl for some Christmas specials for drop-in. So yeah. I guess that kind of perked my ears. I'm wondering why we're not seeing, um, I guess, some play out of there. But I understand times are tough and um, maybe they got some other thoughts. Maybe they, they're busy with drop-in too. That could be. Lanning won't know he's too baked right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because I know, I know Lloyd is shut down. Yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd Hampshire shut down. So I wonder if it's like regional or whatnot. Be, yeah, maybe Regina guys might know. Yeah, Jen Haas yeah. is usually on here. She might know Yorkton, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's if you can bowl in Saskatchewan and you can do a drop in, we'd love to see some entries out of there to get your center registered and Golden Mile or um, you know any of these guys. Saskatoon, oh. plenty of them there, right? So we'd love to get some entries in. Hey, we'll make a trip to Saskatoon safely. Work trip, guys. That's right. <laughs> right. Closer than Boston. Tra uh, travel on a big Greyhound bus, all separated. Excuse yeah. So, so it's same as same as uh, BC Chelsea said. So I mean, Lenny, yeah. yeah. just get a cut knife all signed up there. Yeah. We'll come to you, and uh, yeah. you, got, you got the good stuff. So yeah, you, you hopefully you got a place for today, Lenny. <laughs> all right, let's go back to where we started. Ron, let's uh, let's go back to, to you and where did this all start uh, for you bowling wise way back in the day? Tell us more. My grandparents. Um, actually, I, I, I guess I've got five brothers. We're sort of the Brady bunch. My my mom had the two oldest. My dad had the middle two, and then came together and had Dennis and I. Um, none of them, other than Dennis bowls or old um the four older ones uh they played a variety of sports whether it be lacrosse hockey predominantly uh, a little bit of soccer but um i did play lacrosse for a little bit but i ended up <clears throat> losing my temper with a stick and so my mom elected to take dennis and i and, and we no longer played any sort of team sport that way we went into karate and we went into uh bowling so my, my, my grandparents uh, took Dennis and I down. <laughs> full, full contact in karate to no contact in bowling. Extremes. The upper and downers, yeah. Discipline. Well, you got to realize that Dennis and I being the youngest ones, we got beat on a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, my next older brother was four years older than myself, and then it was basically two years apart for each one of them. So, yeah, there, there was – we got beat on. Yeah. Now, you said grew up in Machosan. Where is Machosan? Nice and close to there? 
Uh, Michilizan is is west of Victoria. It's heading towards Souk. Okay. And it's about a half hour from Souk, or from it, it's a half hour to Souk and and half hour to downtown Victoria where the center was. And what was the center that you played at back then? Town and Country Sports Bowl. And Town and Country, that was free fall. Carrie had mentioned earlier. It was, was yeah, it was free fall. Double diamond. Um, it was it was part of the, the sports bowl chains. So uh, Morley Entertainment owned uh, a number of the, the sports bowls. So uh, I want to say that there was 12 or 16 uh, centers in all. And I mean, there was even a sports bowl out in, in Lethbridge. Um, so there's Kelowna, um, Tawasson, North Shore, uh, Middlegate, which is in Burnaby, Old Orchard Lanes, uh, you know, Jarvis family, you know, um, Port Moody, uh, and there were more. And were they all free fall lanes? Yeah, they were all, they were all, I want to say there were like 16, 20 or 24 lanes there. Yeah. Um, and they were all double diamond. And Double Diamond is the brand. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Double Diamond is the brand. Um, and there's none, you know. none of those left, Sean. Uh well, North Shore just closed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Town of Country. Um, it's last year. It got replaced by Uptown Center. Um, it got replaced in 2008. We had the we had the final BC Open Provincials there. I think it was 2005. And uh, we really gave well. The the team that ended up going back and winning nationals that year was was uh, Fraser Valley South, and we literally it was it was a it was a bitter loss because we used to play the the page format. So uh, uh, first and second played. Uh, we qualified second, um, and third third and fourth played. The winner of three four played the the loser of one two. Well, we we won that match, and uh, we go on we go on to to the final match, and and uh, uh, there's myself, uh, Don Campbell, uh, Joe Cranabetter, and then uh, there was a couple of characters there who who honestly you you never recognize that there's three of them. I mean, Glenn Massick, uh, Ian Bull, and and uh, Danny Turgeon. Um, we, we were, a, we were a group, a good group of guys and, uh, and yeah, we, we ended up, we held our own right till about the, the 10th frame and, uh, we, we, <laughs> I actually, there's a good, there's a good side of this and a bad side of it. The bad side is, is that Joe Cranna better win singles that year. Um, he absolutely, he played very, very uh, well on the singles and quite honestly, he played mediocre on the team. And, you know, after, after the fifth frame, um, Joe's got 70 in five and, you know, he just comes off the win, winning the, uh, the singles and, you know, he, he just ran out of some gas there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we only lost, we lost the total there by 20 pins. Yeah, and and so yeah, we were we were done. But that, I mean, or twenty five pins, I think it was. But it, no, I, I mean, it was it was it was sort of. Uh, I didn't qualify. I I was sixth on the, the singles that year. I was very upset not making the step ladder to to be able to play at town and country. Yeah, right. Joe's <laughs> ball was pretty perfect for free fall centers, was it not? 
just that. Joe that, could uh, play wherever. Joe could play if you put a rock into his hand and he could figure out one way of getting it there to throw a single strike. He could figure it out and to throw twelve. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I kind of played against Joe when he was kind of at the end of his, I guess, his competitive, real super competitive side. He played uh, the Autumn Open a few times at the start of my career, and yeah. he would still lights out. Like he, he would throw two seventy no problem and make cuts and yeah, pretty incredible. Well, it was the Joe, Joe actually went away for to become a to become a monk, and uh, he was away from bowling for several years. And he came back. There was a 15-game tournament in Chilliwack. And literally, Joe wasn't playing league or anything. I mean, it's almost like a Bruce Waters kind of story. He literally picked up the ball, went into uh, uh, Chilliwack, and, and threw 4,600 for his 15 games. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So I was just like, yeah, I, I remember because didn't he just drive everywhere? He just picked up his just picked up his vehicle. I mean, he drove to Regina the couple of years. I remember he used to go out there. Tofino to Nimo yeah. is like a three and a half hour drive. Yeah. Joe, Joe in his later years, he he settled on the fact that he had to uh, bowl with the seniors, so he'd come to Nanaimo. He 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 bowled weekly for. Uh, Ray, I don't know if Ray's watching, but one or one or two seasons. Yeah, it's seven hours a day to bowl one yeah. league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got yeah. Awesome. Now, wasn't uh, Dick Borgenstrom from the same area, or where was Dick from? No, no, Dick's, no Dick's from Vancouver. Dick was a millwright uh, in in North Shore. He played out of he played out of uh, North Shore with uh, Richard Grubb. But I mean, they they all bowled. Um, in the Commodore uh, All Star League or the, the whatever the league was there, and Joe Joe would go across on the ferry and and join in on their. I forget what night it was. It was either a Thursday or Friday night. But Joe would go across and and bowl in a league over there. With the guys. And, and taking that ferry is not cheap. Oh no no no! Actually, I, I was one of the things. I mean. We were, you know, when it came to tournaments, when I was coming through the youth program, there were tons of tournaments. And and there were tournaments in the lower mainland. I mean, my parents used to uh, take myself and, and my brother and, and a couple of the other youth bowlers. We'd go hop on the ferry and go bowl in a 10-game uh, scratch singles in Cloverdale. Now, we were able to catch, like, the first ferry, and that at that time it was a 7 o'clock boat. We were there for the 9.30 start. Uh, so Ray Walls, you know, he, he was always accommodating for us. And, you know, if the ferry ran a little bit late, he'd always hold the start time for us, right? So we mm -hmm. go across. It was like a the, the crossing then with, with like, there was six, seven of us, I guess, um, was like $65. Yeah. Like, yeah. including the vehicle. It, what it, a great way to travel as a group back then. Mm -hmm. That's unreal memories, I'm sure. Yeah. Now... Now, just car and driver is $60. Well, exactly. And if you have to go there and then back for a night of bowling, you're spending $150 to go bowling. Oh, yeah. So it, a lot of the tournaments, you always like, you have to judge yourself and go, okay, so if I'm going to go across there and I'm going to spend X number of dollars to bowl and the, the travel, 
I mean, honestly, it's almost cheaper. Well, it is cheaper to actually fly to Edmonton under some scenarios, and it is for me to singly get in a vehicle and drive across to Vancouver. For now, yeah, for sure. Well, um, now I'm not sure many people remember, but your, do you remember your first bowling, your first ball? Sure. That you threw? Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. If my grandparents took us down, and, and, and uh, Glenn and Edith, um, my grandma was very particular, and, and um, we listened to her. I mean, it, it, respect. And um, I was, oh man, I was, I want to say I was, I was eight or nine years old. <laughs> but I, I was a little, I was a boy. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we went down the lanes and, and I mean, they had the orange ball return. And I loved rolling the balls around. I wasn't allowed to do that. I had to sit. Anyway, so when it, when it came to my turn, she got up there. Now she goes, no, you listen. And we, we walked up the foul line and, she, you know, she goes, put one foot there and one foot here and, and uh, told me to look down the center arrow and, and you take the ball and go like this. And anyway, the very first ball I threw was a strike. <laughs> I, I, I do distinctly remember and it was just a tumble, tumble, tumble. I, I, wow. You know, I, I don't know how everybody's memories work, but my memory is pretty graphic. So <laughs> I, I do... I, I'm better off recalling things that I've seen or experienced than things yeah. that I've been told. It sounds it sounds like you've got some fans in there that know that you remember everything. So <laughs> I, I already, I'm not there, even looking at the comments. Let's let's see some of the other little stories people want us to want us to ask. Oh, um, yeah. he's been uh, let let's hear the Converse sweatpants. The Converse sweatpants, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, you know, Steve, I, you just watching. Yeah, I I did. I wore sweatpants, and and Steve has to chuckle about that all the time because they had the they had they were cuffed at the bottom, right? So they were, oh. and and so you, if if I was wearing white socks, you saw the white socks. I mean, I don't think. Oh, I thought there was a better story than that. Not just the fact that you. Well, no, I continued to wear Converse sweatpants probably until I was about well twenty years old, I guess, or when Jen and I finally sort of. Got together, she said enough of those. Yeah, I oh, think we're, we're about making oh, uh, our new merchandise, so I think maybe we'll make something that says Converse down the side with an EB. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> hey, they were the in thing, man. Yeah, looks like uh, your lovely wife is also chirping you and, and Steve. So, look, we got a bit of banter there. Let's yeah. hear a little bit about when uh, do you remember meeting Jen? It's a few years ago. Um, yeah, I have a pretty oh. good story there. Tell <laughs> it was well it was YBC and I mean we went to it was the islands that we were bowling in Duncan and I met her there and then the you know YBC back then and I, I'm sure that other provinces uh, had similar uh, provincial sort of programs that that had each contingent uh, travel on buses um, it was no different on the island here uh, you know the BC was in actually eight zones. Um, so the island actually had two, two zones. Um, and so the bus uh, would start either in the Nime or Victoria, depending on where the bus was being rented from and when it was, where, where it was located. Anyway, they, they'd either start in Victoria or start in the Nime and they'd travel down the island and they'd pick up all the bowlers. And then we go on the bus across the ferry and 
and all that. And yeah. <laughs> so we, we met we met in YBC very young and, and, yeah. and actually you know at the time I'll, I'll say that my first uh I'll tell you my first sort of girlfriend that I just sort of chasing around at that time was wasn't actually Jen, it was it was Gloria McClellan. <laughs> so uh that was actually Ron Ron McClellan, uh who some of some of the bowlers out there would know. Um Ronnie Mack's uh daughter Glorianne. So yeah, it was now did Jen play at the same like were you guys played at the same bowling alley? YBC? No, no, she's she's from the Nimo. Jen's oh. from the Nimo, I'm from Victoria. Gotcha. Um, we you know as the story goes, I sort of chased her around for so many years, as I always tell her, you know, her sister knows that and and we never really uh we never really sort of hooked up until it was Mary. Sort of a, it, it, it was it was in 95 is when we really hooked up and, and uh there was a there was a car ride from Nanaimo to Victoria that was involved I'm sure that's going to come out because I'm I'm just saying it now because Steve will end up throwing that out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you the and I'm not telling this sorry I was just saying you can plead the fifth and not have to tell every story that Steve's going to bring up. I know that Steve's going to just go on it. So anyway, so that's, that's what we got together. Yeah, I know he's uh, he's sitting there watching his big screen right now, enjoying watching the set. I mean, I mean that's that's sort of history. I mean, um, we met in YBC and and we wrote letters back and forth. I mean, back then, you know, uh, letters were cheap relatively. I mean, it was like 20 cents a stamp. Um, phone calls, uh, just to give you an idea, like a long distance call from, from Victoria to Nanaimo was like a, the first minute was like a buck 50 or two bucks. And then each minute thereafter were like 75 cents a minute. Right. So you, you, so you train pigeons to send letters? <laughs> no, no, I didn't, I didn't write that many letters. We, I want to know if Jen. I mean, it was yeah. I know. I had huge phone bills. I want to know if Jen still has a shoebox of the old love letters you guys used to exchange. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I love her dearly, but she, I don't think she's got any of that because she just everything is in house. Uh, that's fun. Um, hey, let's go on to. We talked about the Pepsi before. Do you remember the Pepsis and how did that qualifying go down and who you would have played with? Uh, the Pepsi's, um, back then, you know what, my, my memories of that, um, Steve was actually on the, the year that they won, I want to say it was 87 and I was 88, something like that. Um, basically the, there was a, a zone trials. I mean, it's really no different than what the, the youth challenge is, except the youth challenge now is provincially done but there was basically a, a zone play down and then there was the provincial and the provincials um, was then phoned in for a national. Right. Um, anyway, I won the provincial. I, actually, I won almost everything that one particular year. We have a, we have a coast, we have a Pacific coast championship, um, which you guys probably have similar in, in Alberta in certain areas, but, but we had 16 uh, houses that would put a team in. And that team was uh, basically a, a roster of seven bowlers. Top five were were like the men's or, or the boys or girls teams. 
Um, and then one, two, three, and six and seven would be a mixed. Um, and then, um, yeah, so you had mixed boys and girls teams, double substitutions for, for each of the team events and top five singles or whatever it was. Neat. Anyway, did you phone in your scores or you mail in your scores? No, no, we actually all got together. So, okay. it, was so like a, there was like a provincial. Like a provincial open. It was really held in the lower mainland. It was all lower mainland teams and the island. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, there were a number of youth events um, that we played in. Then there was a number of youth cash tournaments. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was a different time then. And there were a lot of bowlers. Like, you know, I can't say that the pinfall back then was better than it is now. I, I, I actually think that the pinfall today is, is arguably uh, better. But when I was in YBC, um, on the island, and I'm going to say the South Island, I'll include Steve in that sort of era. I mean, Steve is much older than I am. <laughs> and uh, um, but we there was a, a handful of guys here on the island um, who were actually more than a handful. There was there was a dozen of us that were two two forty five plus. Um, now I, you know I, I always get into the discussion about league play versus tournament play and there's the differences there. But but at the end of the day, if you're averaging two forty five plus. It doesn't matter whether it's good pinfall or, or tougher pinfall. It's still good average. And and at, at a youth level, um, I mean, there's – you guys probably know Tom Moore. you probably heard of Tom Moore. Yeah. Um, but there was Tom Moore who was basically, you know, I think he was a year older than Steve. And then there's Steve. Um, there was a guy by the name of Trevor Hughes. And um, um, there was Anthony McCauley, myself, um, uh guy by the name of Chris Mackey. Uh, Chris Mackey, we, we thought of him as being the machine. I mean, he, he was, he, he, he bowled like a machine. There was no emotion, no nothing. It's just, hmm. but, but we had, you know, in, in the youth ranks, there, there were some very, very good bowlers when I, when I look back at it. Um, you know, I, where, where my daughter is today, there were a number of, of girls that that arguably would have given her a really good run um, here on the island. Um, I can honestly say that there isn't anybody of her caliber on the island now. Yeah, it's a bit different. Um, you know, go back a couple of years, there, there isn't, and and it's just that depletion of 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 the athletes here is is. And the it's, it's not just bowling; it's all sports. Not a lot of number of bowling centers, unfortunately, are probably. You know, closed down, and it's a. We had sixteen centers at one time on the island. Yeah, wow. we had we had the the Vancouver Island Championship, which was twelve teams, and a similar similar format where you had seven player contingents or, or seven men, seven women, and they played you know singles, mixed, and and team yeah. events. One uh, one more you know tidbit about YBC. You had an interesting um, names that you played in YBC Nationals, so you would have been. Um, Oh, yeah. Obviously, we're okay. used to we almost got we, we almost almost all got um uh what do you call it all star TSN no no kicked, uh, out. kicked out 
Yeah. We're playing charades here, guys. What do we do? Oh. <laughs> What's the word that I'm looking for? It starts with the E. Disqualified. Yeah. Uh, Robert Chanis. Uh, we we ended up getting all all, all the competitors. Were this is 1992. 1992. All of his dad. All all of the competitors there were at his dad's house, along with Jim Jim Llewellyn. Your senior senior boys, obviously. Yeah, and uh, and we were playing pop bowling until about two o'clock in the morning, and then we got into yeah, we got into trouble. I mean, we were we weren't drinking. We we did not drink, <laughs> but we we passed curfew, and it was heavily frowned upon. I, I'm actually, it, it was a good thing that everybody was there. So who uh, who uh, you you mentioned a couple other names? You got a lot of money. It's Charlie. Vince Chartier, okay, Lonnie Akers, Rob Shannis, you had uh, Luke Tremblay, Robert Curran. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a neat time. You know, it'd be cool to look back on these years, from, you know, now on who were all the senior boy singles that played at the YBC championships across uh, from the early 90s all the way up to the 2000s, even to now, right? To look at the names across the province and see where their career has taken them, so... Yeah. Um, who's ever a stat nerd out there that wants to pull all of the YBC seniors and you know juniors and the ladies? Um, we can do a segment on where are they now. <laughs> that would be cool. Okay. So that was yeah. that year where that '92 Nationals was in Winnipeg. Yeah. Wow. Well, we played at Dakota. Yeah. You know what? Wow. Well, I'm really upset over that. I hate match play. I hate. I hate match play because I averaged 262 for the 22 games and I finished third. Rob Shannis averaged 247, who was, who was, um, uh, what was his record? He ended up, I think he ended up finishing fourth or maybe it was fifth. And then and Vince averaged 226 and, and Luke was, I think, 230 or something. It just shows you that match play is is different than than free fall or pretty uh, total pinfall. That's why I'm always a fan of total pinfall. The guy who knocks down the most pins wins. Right. This ain't golf, but, son. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I think uh, Steve. Yeah, you know, yeah. I consulted Steve on that, and we both have the same opinion on that one. Is that you know we're yeah. But if you're playing in a in a you know, so would you in a tournament you'd play twenty games so that's where a good point here is you've got coming up about your twenty game marathons your yep. fifty game marathons um, you'd prefer that straight at the end of twenty games the winner is the winner versus you play eight games you qualify you're gonna mm -hmm. then play your match play um, down like a bracket system yeah I well no be every every game or every any twist to the to the thing is is great. Like I look at all the tournaments that you've got. You got you got the Autumn Open, you got the TPC, you got the the Classic, and and each one of them has its own um, twists to it, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Regina is ultimately, I guess, it's sort of more along the lines of the same old KG, right? Um, what they've done in in uh, Red Deer, I think, is very unique. I've never played that. I'd love to go and play Red Deer. Yeah. In fact, Tweedy owes me a, a free shift there. <laughs> I, I have not forgotten picking up his sled in Comox and bringing it down to my house. 
So Tweety, if you're out there, I'm still expecting a free entry. He's, oh, he's out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I agree with you, Sean, but I, I I think a little bit of a mixture. That's why I like Autumn, and that's why I like um, that's why I like Red Deer's format so much because it's a little bit of a mixture of both. You still have to win your match, but you're not necessarily getting penalized on a match loss so much with yeah. your total pinfall, right? Well, there's um, a difference between ten and twenty. The twenty game pinfall and the fifty game pinfall. There's there's almost tournaments within the tournaments as well, right? So you. There's payouts for five game blocks, yeah, ten game blocks. So there's there's different ways of earning cash that way to keep you engaged. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I agree. Sure. I like I like both formats. I like pinfall tournaments. I like match play tournaments, but they're different. One is one is trying to find a rhythm and just stay with it the entire time and and whatnot. And the other one is you know having to throw big shots when it matters. And and I I think those are two completely different games, really. Yeah. Um, I like both for different reasons, for sure. I, I think, and when you're talking about like a 20 game marathon or or like a 50 game marathon, um, to be honest with you, um, we we I, I talked to Ray about the 20 gamer and we we adopted it here uh, in Sure Park, and I don't even think I would play my 20 gamer <laughs> if one I'm out of shape and two I just don't have the attention span to play 20 games. Um, but what we, do, what we do for the open, though, I guess, right? We do 10 on Saturday, 10 on Sunday, it's, 20 it's, games. So you it's, have to treat it's it. 10 games, it's 10 games each day. It's a lot different, and I'm yeah, sore it's after still a, still a 20 game tournament, right? That's your total totally. pinfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go go deep in a in a you know, a TPC or a Regina, you know what it's like to throw. 20 you you, you actually carry as the stats whenever I ever gone deep in a three game match. Play that's my point. That is yeah, my that's point. That's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 That's why you don't know what it's like. I, mean, I know Bruce. Well, there's been a couple guys who, who, who went up both sides. Uh, Brad Mullins has done it. Bruce Dexter. has done it. I think Dexter. Jackson did it too. Yeah. Well, I went, I went up both sides and then lost in the B final. So I played every possible game, that's which right. was yeah. 30, 33 games. Jackson did it in KG. I think Bruce did it in KG and TPC. Hey, just to say, I, I see a comment there from Jeff about the 92 senior boys at Rossmere. It was not Rossmere. It was Dakota. I'm, it, who's Chad? Where's Chad Van Dale's place? Uh, that's Dakota. Yeah. That's Dakota. It, yeah. it was Dakota. It wasn't Rossmere. I, I, I know that. I was there. Here, here, here's Don, um, Don Sim. It's 1964-65. So, so Logie gamer, twenty-two hours Logie lane. So, so the two fifty gamers I played in was was at Lohi. Um Yeah, and it wasn't for for us when we played. It wasn't twenty-two. It was twenty-seven. So fifty games consecutive in a row. Like, let's lock it in. Guys. Start, yeah, I mean, we we literally we got the ferry across. Okay, we got the my and so. Oh boy, how old was I? I played with uh, Russ Hunt and, and uh, Ronnie Mack. Um, I was, uh, it was 87 and 88 that I played, I want to say it was. And um, uh, 87, anyway, seven o'clock boat from Victoria. And we started bowling at 10 o'clock that night. And we finished at one o'clock in the afternoon the following day. Wow. That's a long day playing 50 games in a row. I mean, I did the 20, and I think I quit after 12, didn't I, Tim? <laughs> Yours. Well, yeah, he went for a nap in the back. 
Yeah, your yeah. quote was Kara paid for me to be here. I don't have to be yeah. here. See you later. I've been, I've been here. I'm here. It's time to go. See ya. <laughs> I think I think that's I like uh, the idea of a 20 gamer. I mean, but it's a grind. It's a it's a, I mean 50 games, wow, to do something that different too, you'd have to have the right right people, right mix. I mean, you can't go four people per lane. Like how do you Oh, no, it was three it was three to a lane. You had to reserve the lanes in advance and it was full. That's a wow. that's a different beast too, right? Like that's the difference between a sprinter and a marathoner, right? They're to, two totally different events. I'll tell you what, right? And that's where that's where some guys look at. I'm going to say some guys. You know, a lot of a lot of the I'm going to say the kids now, but I mean, I throw hard or firm, but I it's somewhat effortlessly for the way I throw, right? Um, whereas I, I'm going to say the the likes of a um, we'll go back to Fred Hickey or, or, uh, even, uh, you probably know Paul, uh, Kitamura. Um, they were, they were real finesse players and, and they could, they could do it day in and day out con continuously. So when they looked at the guys who threw really hard, um, they, they ultimately, they, they outlasted a lot of the guys that yeah. were really hard. It'd be, um, you know, just for the sake of acquiring some stats, uh, any old stats of these 20 gamers or the 50 gamers, you know, where's a C5 record of a 50 game, you know, tournament or a 30 game or a 40 game. So maybe somebody needs to start one and then we have some stats to go on. Or Don Sim, you you might have a, a yeah. Yeah. Of stats on 50 gamers. So let's see. I, uh, I kind of like that idea though, right? Like, you have certain people that would like the 50 game marathons and you have other guys that like um, the TPC setup where it's more of a sprint setup. Um, the comparison in running to bowling, there's comparisons to be made that way too, right? Um, let's chat a little bit about Steve Barker. That sort of piqued my interest. He, he made a comment there. Um, you guys have to help me understand that wrote up a proposal for the province to bring up using a bonus pins format for singles nationals. The highest average over 20 plus games has finished fifth and averaged 15 to 20 pins above gold. Yeah. Explain that a little bit for me. Help me. So it'd be like no different than um, probably the uh, auto open, open kind of, yeah. Or the heritage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he wrote up a proposal because it sounds like it sounds like they were running a match play for the YBC Nationals. Yeah, so it is a match play format that they're normally running. Um, but he's saying the highest average in the in the match play format has finished fifth and uh, 15 to 20 pins higher than what gold was. So when he wrote up a proposal saying that right. like uh, the autumn open sort of style, and I think I think that's something actually Alberta adopted, right, Tim? So you get your bonus points for a win. So what he's saying is the person who won the gold didn't actually have the highest average, right? right? But he won the most games. Yeah, yeah. that's right. match play, though. Right? I mean, that that can be it for anything, really. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's so many different variations of tournaments and and bonus points or qualifying. So it's uh, it's there's there's a place for everything, right? I guess the only problem I had with the YBC over the years. When I looked at it, I mean, I, I bowled in YBC when you only bowled three games to win the singles. Um, and then you go to the Nationals and you play uh, all these match play games. And, and just that change in format alone, I felt that I, I was much better 
uh, playing match play in those scenarios uh, over, you know, because there's more games versus a three game kind of pinfall. But um, you got a, you got a pinfall and then you go to the nationals and now you play match play and they're, they're, they're two completely different um, perspectives. Obviously the more games you play, ideally the better bowler does come to the top. Um, but maybe in that shorter format, the, the match play is maybe. You, you're probably right, Sean. I mean, that I guess that depends on your on your provincial body on how they set up their guidelines, right? Are are you are you saying? They right? now. Oh, they, yeah, we're doing no, for, sure. Match play. for sure, and that's what we're doing in Alberta now. And I think they have it right. I think now because are are we sending the best bowlers before? Um, I think we're probably sending the best bowlers now, right? I mean, the way we are doing it compared to the way because you could have a four easy games or five easy games and all of a sudden it just you get you know i think the way do they do it now is a way better for us at least on our end so i agree yeah i, I kind of like this discussion this is um i'll be always be on the opposite side of it because i'm looking at it from a media perspective you can't show a 50 game marathon on youtube or any of that stuff but you can show a short format tournament on a media thing right so um you could, but you could also do fast forward and do snippets and have the camera rolling and then post edit production. But yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Right. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think the best bowler, if you play fifty games or a hundred games, it would probably be your most um, clean um, athlete, or I guess the the one that doesn't expend a lot of energy would be the one that outlasts everybody, right? That's. Like you said, the comparison between a marathon and a sprint. It, yeah, no, well, it's psychological like though too. The psychological component of playing twenty games. Um, typically, out of twenty games, you're going to have a couple bad ones. You're going to have two stinkers, or three or four, and it's honestly it's the guy who doesn't lose it after throwing that first one. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you have have shorter, yeah, shorter yeah. versions of them, and you go yeah. an eight game. How many guys throw their their entire 180 bucks away because they they just threw a buck 90? Well, you wow. see, this is this is exactly this is evidence of how long it's been to come out to the cash limits. They're all 200 now. <laughs> like where you been? <laughs> it's inflation of bowling for over a decade for sure. Okay. But uh, but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You you have to learn how to like you know take your lumps and move on and. and move to the next game because you know what you shoot your buck 80 it, it's it's not like uh you know a 350 which all of us can throw will balance that out right so um yeah just just keep your composure for sure <laughs> well to be, to be honest we have you seen uh tick ass lake it's all bandaged up half the time but bradley uh, who who would do it better on a 50 game of bradley or tyler i mean tyler. bradley Bradley's got a way bigger and a harder throw that might be hard to keep after 50. Whereas Tyler, like, you know, could almost be automatic there. So I, I think and just for the form wise, like not saying that Tyler would beat him every time in 50 games, but I'm just saying his form wise, you would think Tyler would expend a lot less energy over 50 games for sure. And emotionally he'll expend much less energy. Well, yeah. Hey, the next COVID uh, or the next five pin U tournament is going to be a 50 gamer qualifier. So I will be filming it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, instead of an eight gamer, we're doing a 50 gamer. Thanks. Thanks Evie. 
Yeah. Um, we're going to get to the game here at 8 o'clock. Um, oh, yeah, bit. Don, and there, there's one guy, I have to just, before we get in, yeah. Don Sim points out a bowler, Norm Goldie. You guys do not know Norm. Norm was a left-handed bowler. And they're weird, uh, yeah. I had the privileges of playing with Norm. Um, he had, uh, he was born with a, with a birth defect. Um, or hang on, I forget exactly. Don could probably tell me exactly what it is. Anyway, <laughs> he, he would, he, he would strike you as being a, a straight person. I mean, Norm from all appearances was someone that you would never associate with. However, He'd get into a bowling center. He'd be able to turn his hearing aids off. He, he's deaf. And the guy was a machine. Wow. Absolute machine. And he, you know, when I saw him, he was much older, but he was very, very frail looking. But the guy rolled a, a complete end over end, a little bit of a hook, and just, he was a machine. So Norm Goldie, um, yeah. That's funny there. You know, I, I can't I can't wait for the days of me having hearing aids so I could do that. You know, I watch, everybody off, right? I, I, I watch my grandpa do it all the time at the bowling alley. It's like ah grand, grandma's chirping at him. Hearing <laughs> yeah. aids off. I love it. I, working with Tim all day, I'd have those things never turned on. You know? Dad, I can't I can't wait for that. T V now with big massive headphones too. And he's just like, No, I can't <laughs> Didn't, didn't Tweety have those ones, the Gino Z-Bars ones? Those yes. Headphones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Z-Bars canceled. Yeah, we had those ones. Yeah, I remember those ones. Yeah, it was during the yeah. – Well, it's, you know, neat to – Yeah, Deering playing in the dark. Lots of different styles out there. Everybody has a little bit of something. So, um, Love it. So we're going to play the what's my score here eight o'clock. I know we're uh, we'll get ourselves ready and going to get to play. We've got uh, the EB girls who are going to be joining us. Oh no! Uh, right. We've got uh, Shake and Bake, uh, Steve Cummings joining us. Uh, Chelsea Ely, we're sending you the link to join us in. Uh, there you go. So Chelsea, better get yourself set up, ready to join in and play some uh, what's my game. So she's probably what's my game or what's my score? What's my score, yeah, what's my oh. score? So she's probably like, uh, no, but she's in. <laughs> she's gonna be fine. Unfortunately, none of those groups have joined our back room yet, so uh, we'll wait on them. Yeah. So Carrie sent the link out to these guys, uh, the the back end link. So you gotta you gotta go click on it, join the join the stream, and we'll we'll get you into the show. Um, Sean, before we get into that, Masters. I know that's yeah. you played the Masters a couple of times. Do you remember some of those latest with 2014? Here, the Chelsea says no. Anybody else wants to play? What's my yeah. score? We uh, we could use one more player out there. So we're gonna say they're in. Oh, sorry, you're talking about 2014. Yeah. You remember Masters 2014? Um, oh, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, rem <laughs> we remember it. Yeah. Oh, is there? Is there a score? Yeah. <laughs> I. I you, um, well, that was the most old, recent old, one, so I think we have the best memory. Go back to youth. Go back to youth? You know, there's just different perspectives on, on reasons why you go to a tournament. Yeah. Now, you've uh, you've played a couple. Now, you were a coach at one of the Masters, too? Yeah, I, I uh, coached the 
Uh, okay, so hang on. I coached a couple of years there. Um, I, I coached nationally. I coached, I think it was 2002, uh, the, the BC Ladies Tournament Division. Um, 2000, I think it was the C5 mixed team. Uh, that actually, that's something we can talk about after. That that one there is talks about uh, because I coached the mixed team, um, boys versus girls and girls versus boys. From a coaching perspective, there's a lot to be learned from that one. Um, and then I yeah, I mean the Masters. Um, I guess my first year playing Masters was '95, uh, uh, and yeah, that was. That was a, that wasn't a very good uh, outing. I, I just played very very well at the KG that year, uh, earlier in February, and then and then I go back there for the nationals, and and that somewhat uh, mellowed me for about three or four years. I, I successfully uh, picked like seventeen two pins for for the the twenty one games of play there. Um, my, myself and Kevin uh, and I, we went head to head for two pins. I just I came unglued. I, I'll tell you what, I did beat I did beat Kevin O'Leary, uh, all three matches. Uh, in the in the five hole, uh, he was he was three of my five wins on that weekend. It, it was it was a humbling experience. Masters is a tough format. You're either, you know, because there is there is no out. There's no stub. That's right. Yeah. You can't you can't hide me in in, in that group. And and uh, I know that Larry Johnson had hair prior to that. He <laughs> all of his hair after that one. Yeah. Twenty fourteen was a great year, Sean. Great year. Twenty fourteen was great. Yeah. Ah, it, it was <laughs> fine. I mean. I, the the Newfoundland the Newfoundland 2004 with uh, Daryl Bailey and Mike uh, Warren and Dick Borgenstern and Russ Hunt when when Russ was playing I mean that was you know what we were last going into the final day we were last and we actually had mathematically an opportunity to win but Alberta I mean Alberta held on there but we ended up getting to uh, bronze um, we, we we definitely made a move on the, the final day that day. Nice. Look who's here. Shake and bake. Hey, buddy. Um, hey, buddy. How's it going? A little facial hair. <laughs> who's, who's who in this, though? We want to know. Look who's here. Shake and bake. Hey, buddy. Oh, delay on the television. You might have to go from a different room, Steve. I'll turn the volume off. <laughs> Turn the TV down, Steve. Well, oh, my wife's there? watching it. Huh? Oh, she wants you on the big screen. She's got you on the big screen, Sean. I got a really <laughs> nice picture of Steve sitting here. Hey, is Hendrickson decent? Can he come on and play What's My Score? Of course he can if he wants to join. I can send it You're to gonna you. You're going to have to. No, I'm not giving you any advantage. Yeah. This is my younger one. You go, the game. Yeah. you go back upstairs. You won't have any problems. Go upstairs. Go watch. He's, he's, he's playing the game with us. Oh, hang on. There's one out, out of my family. There's there's one that would compete against me, and and she's asking me, "What's this game?" So yeah. go back up there. We we want her to be any advantage. Sean does not want to. Sean, when's the last so, time you beat one of your daughters? Yes. No. 
You know what? I like my chances at this game against Ben and Michaela. Miranda's a little different, though. Miranda's sharp. Yeah. We got to get. You're gonna get yourself in trouble here, man. No, 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 it's okay. Yeah, first Jen was second choice. Now it's this, and (laughs) now now she's sharp. What are you saying about the other? It's it's been good knowing you, man. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get in trouble later. <laughs> I, I love how Brett is implying that Tim is the uh, Tim is like the COVID groundhog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> we got anybody anybody else coming online there? I I sent the link to Brett. I don't know if he'll accept it. It may be only the five of us. Okay. Is, and is, is, is Jen? Jen... Oh, oh, here we go. Brett's here. Oh, not ashamed. I, not ashamed of the forehead, boys. Hey, <laughs> five acre forehead. Let's go. Let him freak flag fly. Let's go. Yeah, he's like game. <laughs> I got two minutes. Let's go. What, you got some poker tables, or you got cyberpunk playing in the background? What What's going on tonight? <laughs> I don't know what no. we're doing. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't hear what you're saying. I still had the thing open in the background. Yeah, we're wondering what you're doing. You playing some online poker or cyberpunk or what's uh, what's what's happening tonight? Just letting it letting it hang, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you want from me, man. Just, just watching a bowling podcast, eh? Literally sitting back, just watching the podcast. <laughs> okay. We're ready to go. We're going to play the game called What's My Score? We almost need to have like a a commercial or something now, Carrie. We need to, we need a production for something for this. Um, I totally agree. Score. I will do up a graphic for you, DB. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig Sager hosts. Hey, so we play the 8th, ninth, and 10th frame. So what's your maximum score if you bang out the last three frames? 135. Right. Somebody's quick on it, right? Sean's ready. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. So I'll explain what your scores was. So it might be strike, strike, chop, this, that. And you got to put your hand up. Put your hand up in front of the camera so I can see it. Don't pull a Steve Barker and do one of these way over the side, right? And I can't see it yet. Right in front. And I'll I'll call on you and you got to answer the score. First person to get uh, three right is the winner. And we might have a five-pin U merch, piece of merch that we can send your way. Forget about the pen and paper, Sean. Do it in your head. Yeah. Okay, first one. Are we ready? <laughs> Everybody's playing. We got five players playing. Here we go. Triple miss spare. Sean Eby. Uh, 140, 150. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Dexter, you were second. One eighteen. No. no, me. No, Steve. One ten. One ten. You're right. Jeez. One fifty. Thanks, John. <laughs> hey, Sean, Max is one thirty-five, buddy. Okay. We got a a Steve on the board there. (laughs) Next up, chop off, spare, triple punch. Steve. 140. 
135 is the max. My my calculator broke. Yeah, 135 is the max. I didn't want to make Sean look bad. I didn't want to make Sean look bad. You were so convincing. Yeah. 130. No. no. 110. 110, 110 again. Sean gets it. Sean gets it there. Holy cow. Yeah. Shake and bake. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a good thing we're pretty. It's a good thing we're pretty. Wow. <laughs> okay. We're going to go. Evie, don't put your head down anymore. Yeah. Miss, Terry, <laughs> side, 13 count. Right hand, what's that again? Two. Right corner, miss two. Double, five and 12. 20. Tim. Okay, what was the 10th frame? <laughs> Double miss. Uh, uh, 63. Yes. Oh, he Tim, got it. Tim gets one. Oh, boy. Yeah. I figured it out. You put your hand up and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Put your hand up, and then you can take your time. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Right corner spare, left corner spare, right corner spare, left corner. Sean. Eighty-four. Yeah. There you go. Way under one thirty-five. <laughs> I thought it was one eighty. Yeah. I uh, like. Did you see Tweety's comment? Sean for the whole game. Yeah. Okay. Sean has a chance to win this. So let's go. Punch, clean up, strike, punch, clean up. Tim. Uh, 40, 55. 55 Ooh, is right. Tim, Tim brought your game to Wow. Me. Yeah. You're doing some quizzing at home. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Tim saw the answers. <laughs> Ready? And triple, miss, miss. Oh. Yeah, but when you miss, miss, do you miss to the miss or do the miss to the other side? You miss to the to the wide open. Miss no miss, complete miss. Okay. Oh. Steve. I've never done that. One hundred. You got it. Steve is in. <laughs> Wow, we got three people at two. Okay. Is Brett playing? <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves. Honestly, I have such a headache right now. This is. <laughs> okay, we got one. Here we go, Brett. This is tossing up to you. Spare, bang out. Dexter. 120. Yeah. Yeah. That was for you. Hendrickson. Listen, I I'm not a quick thinker, okay? <laughs> I'm not a quick thinker. Okay. Oh, thanks, Tweety. Miss Gash. There you go. I just I gotta remember that one. Okay. Triple right corner miss. Tim. Uh 120. Sean. No. 116. Yeah. Nailed it. There you go. Maybe I'll just have to fix my math here, guys, a little bit. 43, 88, 
116 is the answer. 116 is the answer. I had to rechange mine. I had 121. <laughs> I was thinking not. 116. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner, Carrie. Sean EB. See how that works? Last week you we definitely had redeemed yourself. I was yeah. dying laughing over here. <laughs> well, you did the 140, and then you come back and hammer home the 140 as well. After he ripped Sean apart for it. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Oh, okay, thanks for playing, Steve. Brett, good to see you guys. Um, stay Brett, safe. Thanks for bringing your forehead. Yeah, hey, open for advertising at the next big tournament. <laughs> we're in the, we're in the new age, boys. Let's go. I like your idea. You did say something about interviewing people while we're playing qualifying shifts. 100% the idea. I have, uh, you know, if you want to interview and the guys want to interview, that's my idea is to sit back in, in the in the lounge and hang out and chat to people and film it and get some stuff. So it'd be great to... P-P-G. Let's yeah. go. Get, get some time. content. Yeah. Get some content. <laughs> okay, right. fellas. Good to see you. Later. Take Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> The first two just cracked up. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> the one forty. Um, you know, that's the one thing that I always pride myself on when when people are yelling on scores. I mean, I already know what that magic number is for people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Lynn, Lynn Howell and I we sit back and we giggle about some of the things that you know. That, I don't know. Just the way you view view scores, right? How how early in a game are you starting to count from the two twenty five and five or the one eighty? The one what the, where are you starting to sort of well, my max score could be this, or his max score could be this, or oh, okay. oh when you're playing head to head, well, just I mean when you start counting your score, do you mean do you guys do that? I mean I know that if I'm sitting in the seventh, I got another one thirty five up there. If I'm sitting in the sixth, you got another one eighty. When do you start to start counting what my max might be? <laughs> back you know back half you, you know what i i i can't honestly like in match play scenarios or or if you're playing where you're you know you've got to get to a certain cut mark or or evaluation that way um you know you do it from let's say you got three games to play and you know you need to get the 2150 or 2200 or whatever it may be i mean i do the math that way and i mean in a, in a particular game, unless I'm playing absolutely heads up, um, I'm not really focused on that. I am focused on the fact that I, I I know what my maximum score is almost at any point, right? And that I believe, and I've always believed that if if you can throw one, you can throw I can throw five or six or seven or whatever, right? From for myself, it's about feel, right? And and if I'm feeling good then, you know, I know that I can throw a strike. You guys start counting a little bit, Dex, Tim, Carey? Do you guys start yeah. to sort of see, you know, the 225? Or how do you... When yeah, you usually once I hit frame six. Yeah. yeah. Back, back half. Uh, honestly, if I if I started off really well, I don't like to think about the end score because then I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a 400 sitting up there. And I usually start, like, you know, you start thinking about about eight, nine or something like that. Or having a good score like that, um, but if you usually you start thinking about frame six back half, uh, match play is a little bit different. Um, 
I think after a couple frames, you start thinking, I always think of, I'm not necessarily thinking about how many frames or how many um, points I'm down. I think how many balls I'm down. Yeah. Um, so I think about like uh, if yeah. I'm down 15 or 30 or 45, I think, Hey, you know, I'm only down two balls, which is a lot easier in my head than, than mm. thinking about how many points I'm down. Right. Because it's a lot easier to manipulate down your head than it is points. Right. Yeah. Totally. You, that's, you guys, uh, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Dex. That that's um that's the way I've always thought with match play too is like just trying to be up a certain number of balls, um as best I can and like that's honestly uh, the the years that Freddie was out Freddie didn't give two shits about picking his wood he did not care about picking pins on head pins he thought it was stupid he thought it didn't matter at all and then I played with him at Masters Nationals and I I told him that I was like look man I'm like I'm picking up I'm picking up these five points on the right hand side because now I'm up sixteen. Now I'm up a full ball, right? I don't do that. I, he's within one ball of me, and I don't want that, right? And then all of a sudden, like, his entire attitude changed on it. He was like, that makes total sense. You're trying to, like, keep it out of reach at all times by picking those pins rather than, you know, just hucking at it. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right, Tim. I think the same way. I try to be up balls. If you guys are playing an eight-game qualifier, do you – set a score that you want to get to for four games, six games instead of just the end score to be, uh, it's so much, it's so tough nowadays. Um, and that, that's where I, like I, for, for many years, this, this is hyper, this is kind of not hypocritical, but it's tough for me to say this for many years. Uh, I had a hard time qualifying for masters because, um, I, in masters you just have to set a score right and there's in, in with cuts used to be 2100 2150 a lot of times and you were good for that score right and you, in your head you can mentally prepare yourself but now with the scores for cuts it used to be it's 2200 and and there's so many different factors pace of play okay am i going to play saturdays am i going to play since saturday morning there's so much to it right now um I, i'm just I'm just trying to execute probably my best game each time I'm playing and I'm going to see where it is. And then um, and as games, I think games six, seven, eight are my, my critical games. Um, I'm worrying about my first five to get to my last three. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then I'll worry about where, where it kind of where everything is on the bubble or where I am at that point. Right. So, so do you have like a five game score you're shooting for to set your yourself up for the last I, three or I'm, are you just trying to repair whatever you did? I'm hoping around 1600, 1650. And that's where I'm kind of hoping, you know, you're kind of for five for five or for six for, for five, 1600, 1600 is nice because that's, for six, sorry. Are yeah, you playing what's my score here with EB and the shake and bake? <laughs> well, no, there's, there's goals and then there's expectations too. Right. right? And yeah. as long as, the, yeah. as long as it's a goal and not an expectation, because the moment you have an expectation of being, you know, 1300 or, or 1400 for five, um, and, and you don't reach it, what are you doing? And I, 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 I watch it all the time. 1700 for six, I think, is a good number. 1700 for six is my goal. <laughs> right. you know, that's, that's what I mean. Like, in, where I can go shoot 500 for my last two, nothing extraneous where you have to, you know, have to be stupid on that, right? Which is good. I, I'm, I'm just kind of doing the math all the way along, but like, honestly, no, I don't, I don't really have it because I don't know. For me, I'm like, okay, I have eight games. 
I don't get too upset about a bad game here or a bad game there or whatever. I'm just ultimately just trying to find a rhythm and then just keep that rhythm for as long as I can. It, it has to me, I, I don't if I have if I have twelve hundred after, you know, after five, okay. Like I, I'm still trying to find that rhythm to uh you know f- push myself to the next level. But yeah, no, I, I don't really have a goal part way. I just have a, a quick follow-up question for Dexter, just because um, of your situation the last couple of years. Has that mentality changed in the last couple of years, or has that always been the, your process? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much always been my process. Yeah. It's I just... didn't know if it came with the, with the recent success, if it was just, oh, I can throw 427 out of nowhere and fix a lot of, lot of stuff, or if it was just that mentality the whole time. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of the mentality. It's kind of my personality too. Like I never really get too high or too low while I'm playing, and I think that kind of weighs into it too. And I don't think that that's, I don't think I, I think people should have goals. I think it's weird that I don't. But um, I, like I said, I'm just trying to just trying to keep even keel and um, and just just try to find a, a rhythm that I can maintain for a period of time. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset. If I shoot like a, a 200, but because I know that I could shoot a 380 right after and, and cover it up, I, I find myself pressuring, well, not pressuring, but like focusing more at the end of each game, just trying to like maximize points there. But outside of that, I'm not really looking for an actual total number partway through. I think the interesting thing about this, you guys talked about being down a ball or being down two balls. That's a, that's a different mentality and interesting one that I think, you know, bowlers should maybe look at. There's instead of points, you know, is that sort of equated to the poker where you count your big blinds versus the number of chips, you know, a, a different way of playing. So you're, yeah, I, I liked it, Tim. And that's a, that's something I'll consider going forward is instead of thinking I'm down 70 pins or I'm down 60 pins. No, I'm down a ball. And depending on how they're doing it, that's uh, that's really an interesting mentality way. So and Sean, I, 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 your thoughts? I've always thought of balls. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> 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 And 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 I'll tell you what if you if you talk to and my I learned from Larry Johnson, Fred Ross, um, any of the older guys. I'm sure that 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 was a common process as opposed to six. I'm sure I have, but I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I haven't played a ton of match play. Uh, in tournaments, so I, I never really thought about that way. It's 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 interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned earlier, way back, Sean. I want to do a little segment on this about brothers bowling. Uh, yeah. You had mentioned uh, a best brother combination that you ever played with. Tell us more about those fellas, Daryl and Mark Bailey. Yeah, Their dad Nick owned the center. Nick Drive. Um, you know, there there's two players there that. Um, well, de- de- definitely like Mark, he could like, they as games would throw balls between the pins on command. Like, I mean, obviously they had the, the lane set up to do so, but they, they could routinely do that. And they, they played like silly numbers of games, but, but, but those two guys there, um, from a brother's perspective and, and not to disrespect any, you know, the Wiseman's or, or any other brother combinations out there. Um, those two there from a success rate and from, uh, even the longevity of, of their, I'm going to say a 20 year career there. Um, those two there, 
They've got a lot of medals. Daryl, Mark, I know Daryl Bailey. I don't know Mark as well, but uh, yeah. obviously Daryl Bailey, DB, kind of uh, way back when I started my, you know, 15 teenagers bowl in the Rose Bowl and Daryl Bailey would be coming out. Yeah, Daryl corrupted me. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, let's hear from other people out there. What other brother combinations yeah. do we know out there, maybe across the, the country, that we haven't heard about? It'd be cool to hear uh some of those obviously in alberta we've got you know the wiseman brothers we've got the tick cat brothers um there, there's definitely got to be plenty more out there of, of the webers and and therefore what about sisters right um you know there's plenty of those guys do you know some of those offhand some of the uh, all right i just gotta ask don don don's texting me there or send yeah. a card and no wayne henry passed away a few years back uh wayne henry was one of the uh he was from victoria as well he he won the kg uh 77 they're done um but yeah no wayne wayne was a machine as well super nice guy uh yeah the the sparks the the spark sisters sure uh, Jen, the Marshall. yeah yeah marshall's yeah that's Absolutely. there's a top 10 list one day or a top 20 list we could make of siblings best sibling duos in canada right I love Aaron, yeah. Marshall and glenn howard absolutely Right. Yeah. The Youngs. Right. The Gaffney, Young. Hendrickson's. Right. Right. Robbie. Oh yeah, Brad. the Hendrickson's. Yeah, the Hendrickson's. <laughs> Rob, Rob, <laughs> Robbie was always good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, I don't know if he's been relevant, but but Robbie was good. Oh. Yeah. Barry, Barry and um, who are Barry and who are the? They were like the bodybuilders, right? They 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 had massive arms. Was that the yeah. Ellers? They were twins, weren't they? Larry and Barry, yeah, Ellers. Larry and Barry, yeah. Yeah, sounds like sounds like we'll need to submit. Uh, we'll we'll formalize something a little bit more official for some top ten lists, and this is something that we'll come up with. So, um, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Brett. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he, he a, guys, he has a headache. Leave him alone. Paul's yeah. proficiently busted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Let's. Um, we did have one there, obviously, from your wife, Sean. Uh, Jen had mentioned uh, the EB sisters. Well, that's time to get emotional and all sappy and all that kind of stuff. Now I know they're watching over there, so let's just beam with some joy about your daughters. No, in all seriousness, no. They've they've done an outstanding career at YBC. I'd like to hear a little bit more from your perspective, watching your girls grow up and play. Um. Well, you know what? It, what's interesting um, is that someone asked me, is it bowling genetics? And and it's not bowling genetics. You, you can learn how to do anything. And, um, uh, you know, you could say that I, I coached them from a young age, but it's not. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a group of coaches that coach them at Brecken. Um, and each, each coach has always contributed to them. Um, both of them started at a very young age. Uh, Michaela, I mean, literally, I think I had them throw a ball at age four or three or whatever it was, like, like on their own. Um, no, no, uh, rail to roll the ball down on. Um, when I first played with them, there was no bumper. We, we never played bumpers. I never allowed them to play bumpers. It wasn't about the score that they got. But, I mean, they, they managed to, to roll the ball down the lane without the bumpers right from a very young age. And, um, 
I, you know, I was sort of like my grandma. Um, they had to sit there while I bowled. Um, and then they waited their turn and, and they learned all the, I'm going to say the, the proper etiquette. Um, Michaela um, started with the, sort of the, I'll call it the sidearm delivery um, with one hand. She never threw between her legs. Do they both bowl right-handed right now? Yeah. 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 They, both, they both play right. Um, but they never, either one of them, or pardon me, Michaela never bowled between her legs. Miranda, um, I think Miranda got started a little earlier and she threw between her legs, but that she didn't want really any part of that and began to, to throw from the side. And it was actually a, Michaela was able, we, we got her the small balls. So she's got three and a, three and three quarter inch balls. Um, so actually, pardon me, Fred Hickey provided me a, a duck pin ball, which was smaller yet. So it bounced all over the place down the other end, but she could physically hold on to the ball properly, right? So she never developed a bad habit of, of cupping the, the wrist and, and palming it, essentially. Um, so, so Michaela learned with that small ball. It was two, what is it, uh, like a three-inch three ball or whatever it was. So it, was it was a candle pin ball. A candle pin ball. It was, it was small. It, it was very small. So um, uh, Michaela did it that way. Miranda, it was a two-hand, and, and I think, Tim, you've probably seen her throw a few times. Maybe you guys had all seen her throw at one time, but, but Miranda basically um, used her left hand over top on top of the ball. But I never allowed herself in her backswing to wrap it around her body. She could only bring it so far back, but she could never turn the shoulders, right? And and sort of wrap it around her hips. Um, anyway, she threw it out a lot further than what uh, Michaela ever did. Michaela started and she threw it right almost from the foul line through right from, from early on. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, Michaela, you know, if, if – memory serves me correct i want to say her first year of bowling at age five she was in the 80s um by age six she'd gone to like a, a buck and a quarter um seven eight nine um she progressed basically up to like the 170-ish range um and i mean she broke 250 uh average when she was I think it was 14 or 15. Um, and, and as for Miranda, Miranda actually peaked, uh, well not peaked, that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> but she, she at age eight, um, in, as a bantam, um, she was throwing two-handed and she was throwing two hundreds. Mm -hmm. Two-handed. Uh, two hundred, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it was, it was, it was a straight up end over end role. Like it was, it was, it was well done. Uh, she, she did bowl really well. And she went to national. She, she actually went to nationals before Michaela did. Um, Michaela had provincial losses of like literally by pins at that time. Um, and uh, so, so Miranda went to Newfoundland in 2012 and that was the year that uh, um, it, the nationals was cut in half. So they only ended up playing one single round robin there um, because they felt that it was too much bowling for the little ones. 
Mm. And I mean, Miranda, I'll tell you what, Miranda and Michaela at a very young age, they could go down and throw 10, 12, 15, 20 games. I mean, there was nothing back then to just go throw games. I mean, yeah. so again, I, in the job that I was in, uh, I was working shift work at the time. So I was four on, four off. So it allowed me on my days off, we'd go bowling. So we do that. And that, that, that's where the kids really, we, we practice lots. And I mean, in YBC, I, I coached the first few years. Um, I got frustrated with coaching YBC um, because I was I was not coaching the kids. I was coaching parents how not to coach their kids. Yeah, um, I think that that probably resonates with with a number of coaches out there. And and I just I got tired of of competing with them. I I, I had kids come to me because I stood back and then parents came to me afterwards and I go, can you help my kid out and blah, blah, blah. Right. But I, I didn't coach Michaela Miranda in YBC. So there's, you know, all the coaches, Rob Patterson who coached me in YBC when I was eight years old, who actually moved in and I will, he, he coached them. Uh, Wendy Badeau, uh, Linda Charbonneau, um, Ray's had his, his moments in there with them as well. Um, you know, I think any person that that offers a a bit of advice to someone um, is is a good person. I think that as a player, you have to recognize that they're viewing something from you, and it's up to you to determine uh, what that kind of input and how you respond to that input is, because they're they're observing something that you may have never heard before, or that you understand what they're trying to to communicate to you, and and you're able to go, you know, okay, I know what to fix for that. Now they've um, great point about coaching your own kids and trying to do that, and everybody else that's like you said resonates with lots of people. Um, they've had a pretty good successful youth career and gone to a few YBC nationals. Um, you know any any stats on there of how many they've been to or any any specific stories that stand out about one of their achievements? Well, Michaela Michaela's been there. Um, I want to say it was six times to nationals. Um, and then the, the seven, or pardon me, five times the nationals, and the sixth time was was this past year, and due to COVID, um, she didn't go. Um, Michaela had gone as a singles for all those years. Um, this year she would, or this, yeah, this this past year she would have been paired up with with her sister. The first out of all the years of of uh, bowling YBC where they actually played and competed in the same division in the seniors division. They were never, and that was never a plan of Jen and mine to, to space them that far apart. So they never competed in Bantams, juniors and seniors. It just worked out that way. Um, Miranda's been um, in 2012 and then 2018 as a, the doubles. So she's got a silver as the, the, the Bantam singles. And then she was uh, uh, the gold medalist um, in 2018 with uh, Natalie. So, um, you know, they've been successful. I mean, provincially, they, they won here. Um, you know, it would have been really great to have seen them compete nationally. In my own heart, I, I, I think that they're, they were arguably the team to, to really reckon with nationally. Um, I, I, you know, going to the nationals, I, I, I could see a number of kids there that, weren't, I'm going to say they weren't prepared for what they were about to get themselves into. And I, and I felt that, um, 
you know, with the support of, of all the coaches here in Nanaimo and, and Ray in particular, um, we gave them the best opportunity each and every time uh, when one of my kids or, or any of the kids that have, that have gone from, from Brecken. Um, you know, my nephew, Josh Bergman, um, he, he's been to nationals a few times over too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the, the formula or the recipe for it is not necessarily, um, um, what you bowl in that moment, but it is, it's, it's how you develop over time and, and, and bringing it to that moment. Now you, you brought up Josh there and I ask, how's he doing these days? So now Josh is a baseball player and under quarantine with you guys. <laughs> He's here. So who's he playing for? What's he signed with? I know he's got a bit of a baseball career. He's with the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Um, He actually just went through a, I'm going to say a technical session um, down in Arizona in uh, October. Um, Again, he had to go through a silly number of tests in and out of the the training camp. Um, He's, COVID free and all that and you know, everything's healthy that way. But it was, it was pretty stressful for, for honestly, the whole family knowing that he was down there and in the hotbed of what was going on with COVID. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there, there's, there's a perfect example of, I, I'm going to say just an athlete in general. I mean, Michaela and Miranda both play softball and they both play volleyball and yeah. multi-sport athletes. Um, and they played it. They, there's nothing that they do sort of half-ass, right? Um, and, and likewise with Josh, I mean, uh, you know, Josh works hard at anything that he does and, uh, and baseball is no different. I mean, honestly, he picked up a ball here. We, we had the 20 gamer, uh, I forget what year it was, but he came back here and I convinced him to just go play and he hadn't thrown a ball. Uh, we went to Newfoundland in 2012. He, he was there. He actually played against. Uh, okay, hang on. He played against Bradley in 2010 in Toronto. I want to say it was Toronto. Okay. Then he played against Tyler in 2012 in Newfoundland as a junior. Anyway, and Josh hadn't played since then. Actually, I think he went and bowled, maybe bowled YBC and Tabor. I convinced him to, to go in Tabor when he, so in grade, grade 10, he went to Vauxhall, a baseball academy. Um, and so he had grade 10, grade 11, grade 12 there. Um, but anyway, all that comes, and he, and he came home for a 20 game tournament. And up until that point, you know, Josh had not bowled, really league player or anything. And so I, I convinced him to come and bowl with me in the 20 gamer. And uh, the week before he goes, well, I gotta go down and practice uncle. So. So we go down to practice, and I think it was his fourth or fifth game of practice, and he threw his first 400 ever, mm-hmm. or 405, right? So I said, there you go, buddy. I said, just like riding a bike. And, I mean, mentally he's, you know, mentally is probably the biggest change for him. Not the, the physical ability to throw the ball is one thing, but it's just the, the composure to throw the game. And anyway, he goes and throws the, uh, the, uh, the 20 game, or he averages 280. Right. And and it, you just you look at that from an athlete point, right? And uh, so it, it it was it was it was a lot of fun that year. And he, and he hasn't thrown since. I mean, we've we've occasionally when he's been home, we'll get out and throw with 
I mean, Mikhail always likes beating them up. I mean, Mikhail yeah. beats up just about anybody now, but um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's funny. Well, sounds like the family is super competitive and uh, all, always willing to put something on the line. So it's good. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if it's crib or not. Yeah. Right, you know, about, about 10 minutes roughly left here, just so everybody has an idea. Um, Sean, what's, uh, you know, bucket list? Where where are we at? What do you want to do? Le what's left in bowling for you? Obviously, your kids or yourself. What do we... I, I guess there's, there's, I mean, from the side of, from the side of myself bowling, I haven't thrown the perfect game yet. I, I've, I've thrown 11 and missed. Right. Um, actually, in that same week, I think Ray Britton threw 11 and missed. Um, same set of lanes, too. Seven wow. and eight at Brecken. Um, you know, for, I've, I've done a lot of, I guess, scores and everything else. Um, I definitely like to go and compete nationally. Um, again, I like the team. You know what? I, I like the team format. I do put a lot more pressure on myself playing a team format. Um, I, I just, I, I can never sort of really relax. Um, I'd like to play nationally as an adult. My brother, my brother Dennis did in the C5. Um, I haven't done that nationally. I, I'd like to do that. Um, so the perfect game. That. The, the other, the other aspect of it, and, and I, you know, I, I'm going to say that I got squashed a few years ago um, in efforts to try and change the game and, and to bring um, a little bit of innovation to it. Uh, you know, the, the proprietors, um, I, I think there's a number of good proprietors out there. I think the, the proprietors association itself at times stifles a lot of that um, innovation. Um, likewise, I, I think the, the bowlers associations, and I, I'm going to say bowlers associations. So you got the masters, you got the C5. Um, they have a, a sense of entitlement um, that needs to be just gashed, and and because because the bowlers don't realize that without a without a successful proprietor, they don't have a playing field. Um, Amen. And, and, and vice versa, um, you don't have something to draw, I'm going to say, new athletes to and, and make them want to play the sport without having, honestly, the, the elite bowlers. You say, until you actually see it and bowl it and, and get a sense of it, you don't know. And, and, and so from the youth, the youth program level, um, I, I think that they need to take a step back and look at what we're doing on the – like the, the tour, uh, even, even these kind of forums, if they're structured in a manner where you could have, uh, you know, the competition, um, displayed, um, thinking outside the box. I, I, I really like the league that you guys have done. Um, and, and the tournament right now, um, you know, the openness to it is, is great. And, and I, I only have one thing to say that I, I somewhat disagree with the eight game tournament is that you talked about if I qualify out of Brecken and let's say Duncan is a registered center. Um, there'd be a scenario, let's say if Ray couldn't hold during the, the process of uh, the playoffs, what difference does it make if I go and bowl in Duncan? 
It shouldn't make any difference of any center you ever go and bowl in. Um, because if I qualified out of Duncan, or if I qualified out of Brecken, if you're saying that Duncan's got better scoring than another center that I've qualified out of, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it does. I don't think but, it was about the scoring support the proprietor yeah. that put yeah. you up, right? Pardon? It was to support the proprietor that gave you the chance to qualify. Oh, so the okay. playoff would be held in the same center, so you could show show their center on live stream. Yeah. And, oh, and if, yeah. Okay, so I misunderstood what the what, what the reasoning was there. I I, yeah. I just because because here here's the scenario where you, where you guys were talking about, and I don't know if you are, but if you go to to play Dawson Creek. Or Dawson City. Is it Dawson Creek or Dawson City? Dawson Creek, yeah. <laughs> Dawson City is way right. further north. Yeah. Um, if if you go and bowl there, right? Um, out of Edmonton, then and then Alberta opens back up. I personally would not have any issue of you bowling out of, <laughs> out of Edmonton. Like, yeah, yeah. Tough one to drive back up there. You know what, Sean? <laughs> you know what? If if the if these three tools want to go up there, I say screw them and you have to go up there again. <laughs> they, they have to support that center. Tim, <laughs> you're driving us there, so you're 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 the one behind the wheel taking us there. So oh yeah, and Jesus got the wheel for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But if there is a situation where it comes up where a center can't host the finals or whatever, then then we'll make that work too. Um, yeah, but yeah. The, the main idea to... was to showcase the center that those okay. players got to qualify in. Yeah, totally. I, I, I like all, I, I mean, I, I love the idea. I mean, I, 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 I think I mentioned to Daryl one time, you know, I did have fivepin.com, right? I, re I had that registered probably almost, I don't know how old you guys are, Dexter, but I had that registered <laughs> in 95. Oh, yeah. Right? So That was my first year of bowling. Okay, so, so oh, no, I had fivepin.com back then. I actually ran a virtual league. Um, you know, Jen Marshall, well, hang on, um, Smith, right? <laughs> um, she had, I want to say she got two or three teams out of Calgary. Um, I had a couple teams out of, out of Nanaimo. Uh, I think there was a team out of Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So yeah, no, we, we did do that. And, and it was, it was a hundred percent the honor system with the bowlers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, it was it was a it was a good little thing. We 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 ran that for a few years. It somewhat petered out, um, you know, there, because the scoring across houses um, there is drastic changes mm -hmm. or differences. Yeah. Um, yep. So people don't also know Sean created the the bowling uh, pin splash uh, JPEG that, and he he complains everybody uses it. Royalties. Yeah, royalties. Yeah, I haven't seen any any real you know, in Sean's pocket yet. So, but no, I've, you know my only complaint. My only complaint: if you're going to use it, don't bastardize it and and gish it and have it all pixelated looking. <laughs> yes, amen. I hate that. Yeah. I just, anyway, that, no, it's good. Put it so out in we, format. I mean, you know, some of the other things that I've done and and. And, you know, we can talk later, but, you know, when it comes to the back end of um, scoring systems and whatnot, I mean, the Masters is one that I did. Uh, I did that back in 1999. 
Um, you know, the opponent scoring. No one, no one thought it was possible. And and when I when when those stats first came out the first year, they were like, you should have seen people just like staggered looking at them about what opponents' averages were against them and and this and that. And it just is a whole different thought process, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I look at the way that we um, – I want to say I look at the way we track bowlers. You know, I've often thought about having like a kiosk at every bowling center where you could go in and register your score, similar to what they got in some of the golf uh, courses, right? So you, you create your player ID. Um, track all your scores, maintain them. Uh, you know, you could establish uh, essentially slope ratings, so to speak, for for centers, um, and and gather all the scores that a that a that a player plays. Yeah, and I, I think it could be automatic and digital. I think Kerry was talking about that. You know, a Google Docs is there somewhere that could be a shareable document? You're exactly right. Just to have people upload their scores, sort of like what the virtual eight gamer is. Yeah, I mean, Google Docs is, yeah, the the spreadsheet is one thing. You need a database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, the, the ability for players at a center or easy access on their own mobile devices, and maybe it's not a kiosk, but how can they easily access it from across the country so you could create this virtual league? So, um, you know, it's uh, obviously a bit of a gap from 95 since you did it last to now when we're doing it now, but yeah. you know, happy to have that conversation on it continuing and push the innovation of stuff. So yeah, the, the WCBT is currently working on with a group of people across Canada to develop a master database to find out what a player shoots in the third frame of every game kind of idea, right? It, it's going to be searchable. To, to, well, okay, so you got the variety of scoring systems, right? You got, I mean, some centers still have pro score. A lot of them have the, the frameworks. Some of them have the, uh, uh, what do you guys got? Kibuka? We have Steltronic. Anyway, but to have an interface so you can just pull up who's bowling on lane one on right now. Like yeah, so there, there's a company out there called Lane Talk that does it for all of uh, all of the, well, not the states, but all of 10-pin across the world. And we've contacted them a few times because it, it's amazing. It is amazing. You can search any center that runs any of the scoring systems, log in, you can see exactly what's happening, ball by ball, exactly what they're doing. They will not touch five pin. And I've contacted them twice, and they actually reached out to me uh, a month ago. It was like, hey, we see that you're registered. Why don't you go into this tournament? Because I would love to go into this tournament, but we're five pin and you won't support it. Yeah. Um, and, and they're like, outright, they're like, we, we don't have any – any plans on like doing that anytime soon? And you know, honestly, even if they would just open source it and allow one of our contacts to get into it, I am 100% positive that we can find someone yeah. that will work with their system and set it up for five <laughs> pin across the country. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. We've got some brilliant minds that have, that are creating databases and spreadsheets and stats and lots of people reaching out and Sean's one of them and you know, plenty of the guys Jeff from last week, but lots of guys that you're right, Dexter could could build something given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, I I mean it, it's a little different now, little little different now. But I, I used to always get frustrated. You get the towards the end of a even a qualifying round, and you know you're trying to figure out whether or not you're the doubles winner. Yeah, <laughs> just to collect. Yeah, it, it was it was like way after the fact, and then 
lo and behold, there's errors at times. You know how you fix that? You get yourself a Blair Tuck. Yep. Yeah. No errors there. But there's neat automation, like Jeff, Jeff and efficiency was saying last week. You know, it's um, some of the things that how can we make the game easier and faster and more efficient so that we can continue to push the game forward. There's been some great conversation here tonight. I really like the Tweety one saying the slope ratings for houses. Never really thought about it, but similar to golf courses, there's a slope rating. You know, you travel around to places and maybe you're playing in a scratch tournament, but maybe you're playing in a handicap, but it's based off of the the slope rating of a house. So you've got, you know, these pie houses that are out there, or you got the the, the harder ones with terrible or hard pinfall. Um, you know, I, I love the whole story. Like, I, I, there was a comment further back about uh, Frank Levine. Oh, um, yeah. where when he scored the 324. Did, I mean, have you guys ever talked about that? The Frank yeah. Levine, yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, I don't care what center you you line up any center and and uh, go and try and average three hundred. Let alone let alone averaging three twenty what was it three twenty nine point four I think it was. Um, and he did it. He was only averaging I think halfway through the season by by Christmas he was like two seventy four. Yeah, after like the first like wow. month and a half he was at two forty four. And, and and they were doing you know basically a, a substantial amount of money. Larry Johnson is the he, he's got the the big story behind that one. But I mean that that in itself, uh, you know, there was arguments. Frank Frank was a house player, so so if the house suited his ball, um, you know, he, I'm sure that probably Stevenson would tell you he was unbeatable. Yeah, right. you know, there there was actually apparently a, another fella from back in in Quebec area that was equally uh, or actually arguably more accurate than he was. Um, more set. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. More set. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sean, anything else that you want to chat about here? Um, anything else on your mind that we want to get out of there before we let you go? No, I, I, you know what, guys. I, I know we've had interactions over the years, but, uh, um, you know, from, from my perspective, you guys are doing all the good things and, and, um, I, I think five pin needed this. I, I, you know, I don't know what, what you guys would have been doing right at this very moment if we hadn't had COVID to be honest. I, I think there's a lot more focus on, on what can we do, right? What can we do? And let's do this. And, and, you know, other, other than that, you probably would have been bowling tonight or last night or the night before, but instead you're there, there's a, there's a, a void and, and you guys are filling that void. And, and I think from, from a, a bowling perspective across Canada, I, I, I think that uh, I'm thankful. I, I mean, you're my entertainment at times. <laughs> right. well, bantering back and forth at each other yeah for sure you know i've seen some of the discussions you had um even before i mean when when you brought steve on for the match i thought that was that, that really got me intrigued and so i've been really watching it um ever since that sort of announcement but i, I had seen the the conversation with uh doug mosdell mm -hmm. and lynn howell um who else had i seen i mean 
you know, when, when you can relate to someone and, and someone throws a name out there that you know, then you, you get attached to it, right? Totally. And uh, I think what's cool is that when we see a ton of people in the comments here um, that, you know, are watching and participating in this, it's just awesome to see, um, you know, people across the country, you know, where they are and where they're coming from. And it's, you know, Tom Patterson, you know, throws it. Yeah. You know what? I, the first time I met Tom, um, there was the Ogopogo, Ogopogo, Ogopogo tournament in Kelowna. It was a 5-10 game um, qualifying, not qualifying, but there, there was a 10-game tournament and there were five rounds. And uh, the very first year I went out there, I ended up bowling with Stan Black. I had no idea who the man was, but it was an experience. Anyway, Tom was there. I met Tom there, and um, that was that was a great meeting then. And I, and I, you know, I'd always stayed sort of attached to Tom over the years. I think Bev uh, uh, Bev Giglia won that year. Hmm. I forget what year it was. 88, 89, somewhere around there. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, very cool. Eighty six Kamloops. 86 Kamloops, that was uh, Ronnie Mack on both sides, I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> there's, some, there's some old stats in here. And that's what's fun about this is we get to talk about bowling and some of the history and some of these, you know, old names and, you know, bringing up good chats about Joe Krenabetter tonight. Um, you know, lots of lots of history back in the game. Sean, Sean Smith, welcome Sean to the show. Yeah. 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 So, actually, you, you know what? There's you know what there's there's awkward personalities over the years. There's the guys who are who are cursing and swearing um and everything else. And I mean yeah, Stan I was only I was fifteen I was fourteen when I or fifteen when I played there. And he did not have the time or day for me. And uh yeah, he was he was terrible. <laughs> well if anybody knows of or wants us to bring on another guest out there email carrie at fivepinuniverse.ca we'll look at uh you know the full list we've got a good list compiled of uh, <laughs> guests that we think that would be good but happy to take suggestions um of okay, i gotta put the show out to allison for, thanks for uh suggesting me as a yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Great I guess right. she, she just made the comment that now I'm bringing all the old people in. Yeah. Yeah. Conversations. Yeah. We, we posted a couple of days early and we get lots of people to come on and, uh, and see us Sean. So it's, you got to come out to one of the WCPT events or, uh, or we'll get a team in when we expand for the pro league out there in Nanaimo, get the girls on a team. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got some tripping going there. So oh, it's going good. Anyways, Sean, thanks for coming on tonight, sharing some good stories. Um, you know, we learned yeah. some things that you can score more in three frames if you really tried hard. <laughs> you know, the max score isn't quite 135. Uh, we had all those other balls afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, brother duos or sister duos or sibling duos. Um, great conversation there from people coming in. So, you know, appreciate the feedback. Um, everybody listening and watching too, are you uh, a subscriber to Five Pin Universe on YouTube? 
Uh, we've, we're up to 108 or 110. But let's keep that thing going. So open another window. Go to 5pin Universe and subscribe to our channel. Uh, watch the videos. More um, trick shots, I think, we've got planned now that Tim and Dexter don't have a, a, the centers a open. But we can, <laughs> we, can, we can send them for some trick, trick shots at the lanes. Um, Can't wait yeah. to lob some balls. Yeah. What is it? The fly, Is it the flying eagle? Yes. Yeah, I can't, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that for sure. I'm definitely going to destroy a masking unit, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, and EB, go get some practice in so we can see the shift for the uh, the eight gamer. We want to see a family shift in there. And uh, we're once we let you go here, we're going to take side bets on who we think is going to be the highest score out of the the EB family. <laughs> we'll leave, we'll leave that up for you everybody's thoughts. I honestly, Michaela, I mean. Unless I beat her, but tie her back. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it will be interesting. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you for coming on. Um, before we let you go, you can obviously stay on. We'll have a chat afterwards. Sure. Um, but Mike Tweedy sent me a picture, and he's thinking about putting production on these. We were talking about them earlier. It's the Zbarth canceling headphones. <laughs> so if you're interested, contact him. He'll probably sell them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's the merch. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Good Thanks, stuff. Everybody. Thanks for coming.